So Money, episode 609, love and relationship coach, Nicole Moore. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Love is in the air today. Welcome to So Money, August 7th, 2017. I'm your host, Farnoosh Tarabi. Are you feeling like you love yourself today? Well, our guest, Nicole Moore, is here and she's a love and relationship coach who dedicates her life to helping women, particularly, really know and feel their worth so that they can then go out there and find their match. She is the founder of Love Works, and she teaches her clients how to be love because, as she says, a woman that truly loves herself and her life is unstoppable. How Nicole got here is not a straight line. She has a very storied path, which she shares. And on a financial note, Nicole earned a whopping $100,000 in just one month recently. So she shares the behind the scenes of her business, as well as how to build your audience online and cash in on your expertise. Here is the lovely Nicole Moore. Nicole Moore, welcome to So Money. It's a pleasure to connect. I'm so happy to be here. You are a relationship coach. And as I was reading your bio, you talk about one of the ways you differentiate yourself is that you help women find the top 1% man. What is the top 1% man? He is amazing on every single level. So he's handsome. He's spiritual. He is generous. He's passionate, very often wealthy, but the, the bottom line is passionate about what he does. He's, you know, he, if he's into family, he's very into family. He is the guy that's amazing on all levels. The guy that almost you, you can't really almost believe he exists, but he does exist. That mm. guy. Do you find yourself having to convince women of this definition of a wonderful man? Because I'll tell you in my work, uh, when I've been in conversations with some of my listeners and audience around money and relationships, for them, they want, and this may sound antiquated, but they are looking for a man who is their quote unquote equal, successful equal and can provide. Mm -hmm. What do you say about that? Mm -hmm. I see it all the time. (laughs) So it may be antiquated, but in my world- It's not just me. Okay. Yeah. All the time, women, I mean, at the end of the day, most women want to feel like they have a man that they can provide. Now, what I'm seeing all the time, Farnoosh, is a lot of women who work with me, they're entrepreneurs. So now they have this feeling that they've got to build their business or they've got to make the the level of money that they want to be the equivalent match for the kind of guy that they want. So they're saying, I've got to be that too. And I also require that from a man. It's an interesting time to be doing what you do as a relationship coach, given the apps out there. And I'm talking about Tinder and I don't even know the rest of them. There's so many. I can't, I mean, I'm obviously not in that market because I'm married, (laughs) but I hear about it. How has that influenced your work and your business? If, I mean, if, if at all, I'm just curious. Yes. Well, I met my husband on Tinder. So 
First of all, I've no way a relationship coach finds her husband on Tinder. Yes. And believe it or not, I was my husband's first Tinder date, like his first date (laughs) out of the gate. I said, have you told Tinder this? This is a great case study for Tinder. We should, we should. But, um, you know, I have a lot of clients who have met their, their man online. What I say is this, because nearly every single person that comes to me says, I want to meet my man quote in the real world. Right. End quote. Like there's this concept of, I still want to have that meeting in the real world. So what I tell women is we're going to use online dating as feedback. Okay. Cause I really believe that when you first get on there, what you're getting isn't just the way it is, right? That's the mistake most women make. They go online and they're like, Oh, this is horrible. Right. It's just a feedback really for what you're thinking, what your beliefs are. It's everything inside of you is going to show up online. So I teach my clients to use it as really a measure of where they need to grow in their mindset and their energy. And then when they shift that, they very often meet a man in the real world. But hey, if you meet your man on online like I did, you're happy at the end of the day for meeting him there. How much effort, how much time, how much work goes into finding the partner of your dreams? I feel like sometimes we think this is just an area of our life that if it happens, it happens. We have to let the universe bring us and draw us to people. We work so hard in our careers and building our businesses and our jobs that sometimes we, for lack of a I don't know for what reason, but we we don't emphasize the relationship component as much yet. It is, you could argue the most important thing in life is to connect with someone and to nurture a relationship together and grow. I think that's why we were put on this planet. That's my opinion. But yeah, I see it all the time. We don't emphasize this area of our lives. We don't, we don't prioritize it. We're on apps trying to swipe our way to love. And I just don't think that's like the cure. Mm-hmm. It is the most important area. And somehow we push it to the side, right? So you asked me how much work. I mean, th- here's the thing. I believe that any woman listening to this could probably go find a husband right now if she wanted to, right? She can go to a bar. She can, but most women want something extraordinary. Most, at least the women that I talk to, they don't want ordinary lot. They want extraordinary. Not extraordinary men aren't at the bar. I yeah. like to go to the bar. No, I, what I mean by that is some, some of them are yes. there, but, but, Amazing love doesn't just happen, but most women want amazing love, right? And so I believe to get that, it does require a certain level of work. Like your heart has got to be open. It can't be clouded with X's or I'm not good enough, any of that. Your mindset's got to be open. You've got to have a vision. You've got to believe that the kind of guy that you want exists. So to answer your question, it does, uh, it does take some work to get that kind of relationship for sure. Standards. Let's talk standards. I know when I was in my early 20s, I had a whole long list of of like deal breakers. <laughs> I was fortunate that I met my husband in my mid-20s and he checked off a lot of those boxes. But I then have friends who are now in their 40s and they're still single and they still have a long list of standards. Should you change your standards as you get older? Well, I think you have to have this. What I tell my clients is this. Okay. Some, I think some people want some qualities and it's not coming from their heart. It's coming from their ego. Right. And some people want, like, I want a kind man. I want a man who's faithful, but there's a difference between I want a man who's faithful because that just resonates with me. And I know in a faithful partnership, I can just relax. I can give my all. And I want a man who's faithful because I was cheated on. And I, you know, there's Mm. a different energy. Right. So what I say is have all the qualities that you want that are 
actually coming from a real heart place, not a fear-based place. I tell my clients, the ones that are fear-based, like I need a man who's successful because I want to look good. is very different than I need a man who's successful because I'm inspired by a man with vision. I love having deep conversations about where the world is going. You see the difference, right? So all the qualities that are from your heart, keep them because they're important. But the ego qualities, I'm sorry, ladies, but they have got to go because they're actually getting in your way. Hmm. That's so true. So tell us how you build a business as a relationship coach. Maybe people are listening and going, I'm pretty good at giving relationship advice. My friends come to me all the time with love questions. And, you know, how do you actually become a relationship coach and someone as successful as you? Mm-hmm. Well, I got certified as a life coach first. Okay. So that's where I first started. I have three different life coaching certifications. And honestly, the truth is every woman that came to me wanted to talk about relationship. You know, that's the, the bottom line. And so I kind of moved into that niche somewhat naturally. At the time, the honest truth is I was in a relationship with a soulmate. Now I know he's a wound mate, <laughs> but I thought I, I really thought a I had wound mate. Love. I yes. like that. I thought I had the most amazing love on the planet. Ended up he was an emotionally abusive narcissist, okay, that I discovered after four years. So I was building my business that crumbled to the ground. And I had to take a really hard look at why I had attracted in that relationship in the first place, right? And through all of that healing, I really developed my system Um, that that led me to the work that I do now. So I started off wanting everybody to have amazing love that I did. And it wasn't amazing. It was, but it was also a wound mate. Then I healed. Then I taught people, okay, from that place, how do you get real love? If that makes sense. It does make sense. I think so much of our professional careers, you know, they start from our own personal uh, complexities and issues and and how we solve them. And then we learn and then we teach that. Um, What are you still learning about love? I'm sure it's this is an evolution, right? It's, it's like you don't always you don't have like okay, now I'm done knowing everything there's about love next. I mean, there's there's always stuff to learn. Yeah, so what I'm learning now is I have a he's going to be 8 months old on Sunday. So I have an 8-month-old baby. It's my first baby. And anybody who's had a baby, you know, before I heard that the relationship can change, you know, and I thought, okay, those are just people, they're just saying that. <laughs> But it is, it is a different experience when you have a child. So now my work every day is really putting conscious effort and attention on how do I stay connected to my husband? Because biologically, I, I don't know, I feel like mm-hmm. all my energy wants to go to my child, you know? <laughs> and yeah. so I have to bring my attention to nurturing the beautiful relationship with my amazing man. So that's the journey I'm in now. It's how do I have even better relationship? Because we had an amazing relationship before we had our kid who's beautiful and amazing. But I feel like my biology is just like focus on the child. And I'm learning the mama bear. Yeah. yeah. Right. So I've got to so learn. How you, do you do date nights and other things? Yes, we do do um, date nights. And it's just I constantly remind myself like if I even if we're, we're playing all together on the floor, and I find myself focusing all the attention on my son, Luke, I just constantly remind myself and I'll go over to my husband and I'll give him a kiss. He really likes affection. So I'll give him a kiss. And I'll just make a conscious effort to let him know he's still appreciated. I'm a big fan of just little tiny makeouts, you know, you're not going full out, but you just introduce a little bit of that energy in there, you know, just kiss someone in the kitchen, get a little bit hot, and then you go do your day. So you keep the fire burning. 
It's like a workout. You can't pull in an yeah. hour long workout. Do like a quick push up or some sit ups. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it adds up. It adds up. The results will happen. Yeah, totally. How often does money come up in your conversations with your clients? And I maybe let's break this question up a little bit. So for women who are looking for love, how much, where does money fall into their equation of what sums up to, you know, an ideal guy? They want a man who's passionate, but does that mean he has to be making a lot of money or making more? What, what's the, what do you hear? Every single woman that I talk to without a doubt wants a man who makes good money. They all do. They all do. But the interesting thing is I found that a lot of women who struggle with love also struggle with money. I don't know if you've seen this, but they're, they, a lot of women that come my way, they're not where they want to be in their life. They're still struggling in their career. I have a lot of women who live at home, you know, with their parents still. And so they feel at the end of the day, it's a conversation of, am I good enough to even have the kind of man that I want? I want this man who's amazing. I want this man who's successful. And what I tell them is this, you don't have to have a million dollars or in your bank account right now to be a match, but you do have to have an abundance mindset. You know what I'm talking about, Farnoosh. Yes. <laughs> you yes. have to have an abundance mindset to be the match for the kind of guy that you want. So I'm in that conversation all the time. Most women who come my way um, are in a conversation of, I don't have enough money. Same thing as I don't have enough love, right? And I want amazing money. I want amazing love, but I'm coming at it from a place of lack. So we have to shift the inner conversation first. That's interesting. Why did I, I would expect this of men? If, if a man, because I'm again, I'm thinking like just primitively and how we're trained, you know, men are conditioned to be providers. If I don't have enough money, or if I don't have a stable job, I'm not ready to really provide for a family. Therefore, get into a relationship. But women also have this train of thought. Mm-hmm. It, maybe it's just the women that come my way because they've already done a lot of personal development. So they're very much, they want to be the match. For their man. And so they take it very literally. Like if I want a very wealthy man, I have to be very wealthy. I also attract a lot of women who are working on their business and they'll use it. The truth is as an excuse, like I'm going to go work on my business. I'm going to go make money first. I'm going to go buy a house. I've heard that one over and over again. I'm saving money for a house. And they're, they're using that as an excuse to not actually dive in and do the love work to find their man. You know, I had a friend back in my 20s who was like, she had an order, a hierarchy of things she wanted to accomplish in her 20s. First was get the job. Next was buy a house. Third, find love, Mm -hmm. get married. And I appreciate that she wanted to get financially secure independently of before getting in a relationship. I think that's great. But is there a way to do it all together? I mean, do you have to like make it so compartmentalized? I don't think so. I think you can do it all together. So you can have two focuses. I mean, I know when I met my husband, I was working on my business. I was growing my business. I would just, I would focus a little bit in the morning on my love work, right? Like love work, visioning, all of that stuff. And then I would get down to my business. So the way that I did it was I prioritized my day with three priorities. It was love was first, business. And then I think it was at the time I was half marathon training. So it was like fitness. And I just said, if I haven't done love work, I can't do work yet. If I haven't worked yet, I can't work out. And so I got to all three during the day and I tripled my business income the year that I met my husband. So I'm a big believer in when you're with the right person, it actually helps. Wow. You grow. That's so true. 
you're an entrepreneur. Is your husband also an entrepreneur? How does your home life work structurally and logistically now that you're also parents to make sure that you get the work that you need done and he as well? Yes. So first, when I met him, he was uh, selling life insurance. And he's the only person I've ever met that really loved that job. (laughs) He loved it. He had such a passion for it. So I honestly, before I met him, I had a little bit of a conversation of I should be with an entrepreneur, you know, because I'm an entrepreneur and I love to travel. Then I met him and he was so passionate about what he did. And I actually really admired that. And like, if you love selling life insurance, he really just loves sales. So he was working on that job. Then when I had my baby, he took um, maternity or paternity leave. And we realized how amazing it was to have him home. And we started dreaming up this vision. And I started getting this vision of actually kind of, you know, retiring my husband. And I worked on that. I've been working on that this year. And now what's happening is he's actually, he's not going to retire because he loves to work. He's been helping me in things in my company. So now we just bought a home and we're going to have offices across from each other. And so he's actually coming to help me because he says he loves the work that I'm doing in the world so much. He's like, there's no better work than love. So I kind of have my vision. <laughs> Don't retire your husband, Nicole. Don't retire. This is no, advice, my public book. service announcement to everybody. Don't retire your partner, wife or, or husband. I think what you're doing is brilliant. You're, you're leveraging his skills. He's able to still be with you, which is something like his favorite thing to do and yours as well. So I feel like you've really found that sweet spot. Yes. I know. I read your, I have your book literally. <laughs> I'm like, I, I know I cannot, I can't do that. I think men need to work too, you know? So exactly what we're doing is there's some areas where I'm not as strong in my business and he happens to actually have those skills. So it's ending up being a really great a really great match. But then, you know, there's work to do there to learn how do you communicate with your partner, right? In this Right. A personal question, how do you how do you manage the money in your relationship? So we used to have like separate accounts, you know, um, and then we would just kind of like, you know, if we had to pay for things, we would like if we were going on vacation, like I would pay for a part of it and he would pay for a part of it. And then we decided to buy a house and to get the house loan. We actually they the, what they told us was it's better to combine everything, you know? And so I really, yes. Yeah. For, I don't know, getting a loan, house loan in California, that's a whole separate thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, so then we actually combined like, you know, all of our accounts and now we're in the process of after they're combined, separating things out again. So we have different accounts. So I had to go through that whole, that, there was a little, there was fear there, honestly, for me. Um, because I realized the second that I did that, it was like, all oh, these thoughts came in my head, right? You know, have you ever heard, like, I remember hearing, like, as a woman, don't do that. You should have a separate account. All of this stuff. My mom stories telling me like, you need, my mom would say, you need to be with a wealthy man. Parents always argue, like people argue about money, you know? So the second I contemplated combining my account with his, all of this fear came up that I had to then go well, deal I with. I think you can still do that, but I think it's important to maintain your autonomy, financial autonomy in your relationship, man and woman. I mean, you have your joint accounts for your joint expenses, but also silo a little bit of your own money away and his as well for your own, you know, so that you don't have to ask for quote unquote permission. You can just go spend money on certain things and feel 
yourself because uh, especially as an entrepreneur and I think these days people are getting married later in life you come to the relationship with already your financial mindset and financial weight habits and you want to be able to kind of keep some of that livelihood and then you'll feel I think that does cut out a lot of the arguments mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yes exactly I didn't know that about California, maybe because they suffered so much during the housing recession that they've since become a lot more strict about co-buyers on property and things like that. Especially for entrepreneurs. Yeah. They just passed a law that you have to have had your business for five years um, or else it's like you can't even get a loan. So luckily- No way. Yeah. (laughs) It literally just passed. So I've I've been in this process of buying a home. That's, That's intense. Yikes. Wow. Okay. That's kind of unfair. Yeah. I mean, if you've got the cash, that's one thing, I guess. If you're looking to get a big loan, I guess they're especially concerned. All right. What's your financial philosophy, Nicole? Do you have like an overarching money mantra? Mm, well, I this is, you know, I don't know if people are going to take this on this show, but I, I don't know if you think this is good advice. So I'll ask you, I always believe that I'm going to have more money in the future than I have right now. I just, that is a that is an underlying principle that I always believe in. So I mm-hmm. feel when I look at the future, I just always see more money. I never have a fear that it's not going to be there. It doesn't mean I, I am foolhardy with my money, right? I really believe I'm a big fan in being cash rich, <laughs> you know, like I love that. I love building cash and seeing my account have money in it. But I also think that um, I always, always, always expect more in the future. And so because of that, I, I believe at the end of the day, I tend to get that. Have you ever been in a place of scarcity, fearing that you wouldn't have enough? How did you get this mindset? Um, I, I mean, I think at the end of the day, maybe it has to do with my childhood. I, I grew up upper middle class, you know, in, in New York City. So there wasn't my parents. When I asked my mom now, she says, you know, there was a lot of struggle around money, but I didn't feel that. How I felt was, you know, we're fine. Like I didn't really feel a lot of money struggle. So I think that was, um, a foundation. And then I just think I'm a big believer in, you know, positivity and positive thinking and you create based on what you think. So I did go through a period of scarcity. When I moved to California, I, my merchant account in my business, I actually made it actually, I made a lot of money in two days and that kind of tripped them off that it scared my merchant account and they actually shut down (laughs) and they wouldn't pay me for three months. So I made a lot of money, but then I didn't receive it for three months. At the same time, I was growing my business rapidly, hiring new employees. I was in a growth phase. And at that exact moment, all of my cash shut down. They would not release it. I ended up getting it back. I don't understand. Can you walk me through that? A merchant account. So you made all this, you you got all this I, got, I, made, I made a lot of money and, and they, they... And it was in your bank account? No. So the way the merchant account works, they kind of process money for you. So if somebody signs up for a service, they go, they click on a link. It goes through this thing called One Shopping and Cart. Then the merchant kind of holds the money for you and then they take a processing fee and then they release it to you, right? And so... Right. For some reason, because they're, they're not that familiar with the, the coaching industry, I think. So for some reason, it actually scared them. <laughs> and so we were in this whole thing for like three months where I actually didn't get any of my money coming to me. What? 
Yes. And so that's when you lawyer up, Nicole, I would have been so livid. I would have shown up. I wish I would have known you where they were and would have shown up and like, given my money. Yeah, we had to switch merchant accounts. It was, it was crazy. But, oh my gosh. But so, but at the same time, I had all these new employees. And, and so I was like, wow. And so I actually had a moment of my bank account going to negative. But my mindset was I had heard so many people, I'd heard so many successful entrepreneurs talk about moments like this where, you know, somebody, I remember he said, I was at a mastermind and I didn't have money and I was eating out of protein packets, but I was, I was eating protein packets. But I was there. <laughs> and I just told myself, this is the beginning of my multi-million dollar business. Because if so many successful entrepreneurs have been in the same exact place that I'm in, then why not tell myself that because I'm here, I'm actually going to be successful. So I was going through it, but I was telling myself that this was just a moment in my success story, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Oh my gosh. I would have been livid. Don't, I mean, to know that you are owed this money and they're just holding on to it. It's like, um, give me my money. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was a little bit, right now. A little bit crazy. Yeah, it I was. mean, it's one thing to wait a few days, but you were waiting months. That's ridiculous. But yes, you were, look at you looking at the positive. This is an indication that I am able to grow my business. How did you grow your business so quickly? Because you, I don't understand you were raised on the Upper East Side, lived there, then moved to San Diego not too long ago. Is that when... Uh, so how did you network there? Did you already have... Yes. Uh, leads? Had, yeah. So, I mean, I have um, all of my business pretty much comes through my email list, right? So it's all email marketing. And then I do videos on YouTube, some Facebook, but everything comes from my email list. So I started off, um, you know, I, I hired a business coach. I, I built my list. And that is what feeds my business. So those are the people that get emails from me every, every week, multiple times a week. I give them a lot of amazing free content and the ones that feel like it's right to work with me, we get on the phone. We have conversations. Now I have a sales team that's doing sales for me. So, um, I don't do as many of those calls, but it's just people on my list. We get on the phone. We have a conversation. If they're the right fit, they get enrolled in one of my programs. How do you grow your list? Um, I did it in the beginning through telesummits. So that's where you interview a bunch of experts. Like I would interview 20 love experts and they mail to their lists for me. Right. And so then I get some people on my list because of that. So you give away a free event where lots of love experts come and then you build a list because of that. So I started with telesummits. That's something that I learned through my business coach. Um, her name is Shanda Sumter and after that, I also do, you know, Facebook ads. Ah, yes. Mm -hmm. And the ever-changing Facebook ads algorithm, mm -hmm. hard to keep up. Yeah. Yeah. But that's good to know. If you want to build your list, ready? Telesummits and Facebook ads. Okay. I'm taking notes. <laughs> um, tell me about a financial success, like your so moneyest moment. Yes. Um, well, I had one recently. So I made $100,000 cash um, in the month of June. And that was a big moment for me because I remember thinking in my head <laughs> that if I just got to six figures, somehow that would be like, I, you know, you think like, oh, I'll have all the money I need. <laughs> right. And so I just remember, I remember working towards that to get there in an entire year. And how difficult that was. People say the first 100,000 is like the hardest to make, right? I remember 
that that felt like a difficult journey for me to get to six figures. So then to make that in a month felt like this incredible leap. Um, and especially in love coaching, I know a lot of business coaches that make incredible money like that, but in the love coaching niche, it is a little bit more rare. Right. I mean, was it just through, what did you change? What, what did you ramp up? How did you do that? Um, well, on one of my programs, I offered, um, you know, a significant painful discount and I didn't expect this, that it used to be about, um, you know, 20% of the people paid in installments and then I'm sorry, 80% paid in installments and about 20% paid in full. However, when I offered an even deeper pay in full, I, the, the ratio flipped. (laughs) So all of a sudden Mm -hmm. the majority of people were paying in full. So that was just a little bit of a business strategy, but I was ramping up to make this hundred K in a month. I was repeating it every day. I was like on accountability with a, a, a colleague of mine every day. We're texting each other. We're ramping up. We're getting in the energy. I was reading books on money. Um, I mean, I was doing a lot to raise my energy, my frequency, my vibration. And then very practically, I got a little bit smarter about some of the content that I was putting out. I wasn't just like, hi, it's Nicole Moore. Here's a great video. You know, I was really trying to, um, communicate a message about why women need help in their love life and helping women understand the help that they need instead of just like, Hey, this is a great video. Yay. If that makes sense. I got smarter in my marketing. Smarter and working harder. I was thinking the other day, like, so I had the inner chance to interview Gary Vaynerchuk. I don't know if you know who he is. Oh, yeah. He's like, he's on fire. I mean, he works all the time. He's super smart. And someone said, he's like, you know what? The expression I hate, he said, is I want to work smarter, not harder. He's like, what if you do both? (laughs) What if you work smart and hard? You know, like imagine that then, then you like, you would just reach the, the stars and the moon. And he just thinks that it doesn't have to be one or the other, like do both. All right. Uh, cause that's what it takes to be really, really at the top of your game. It sounds like that's what you're doing. Yeah, it does take work. I'm not going to lie. You know, it does take a lot of work. Now that I have my son, I'm not working on the weekends, but the honest truth is building this business has taken a lot of work for sure, but Mm -hmm. it's worth it. It's work that's really worth it. Well, you have found what you like to do. Mm -hmm. Tell us your number one bit of advice for for couples when it comes to succeeding in your financial relationship. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you have to communicate, but I think that the thing is, is that a lot of people think that their relationship with money in their head is the way that everyone else sees it and everyone else should see it. And very often in partnership, you're coming together with someone who has a different money mindset than you do. Right. And so at the end of the day, you have to get together with your partner. You have to communicate and the energy has to be, this person is not wrong for thinking how they think I'm not right. Or trying to come together. You guys have to have a shared vision of how your finances are going to look. And if you come with the energy of, I really want to understand my partner's mindset, not I want to judge his mindset. Because I find that if you're like, oh, okay, well, he, he spends too much or he spends too little. There's a reason, right? There's a reason why we all have our money mindsets. And I find that curiosity is like this magic potion in a relationship. If you change the energy from, I want to be right 
So I want to be curious about my partner. I want to understand him. You're going to soften as a woman. Mm-hmm. He's going to soften. And then the, the two of you can actually get on the same page. I think it's very important for couples to have a shared vision that they're mm-hmm. working towards together. I love that. One of the things that I practice in my own relationship consciously is making sure that even though I've got something decided in my head when it comes to a purchase or an investment or something I want to do with our money, I always will ask Tim, what do you think? You know, I, and, and in, in the beginning it was because I wanted to just sort of, you know, obviously not make it like a one sided decision and a one, one person make the decision. But, you know, I think as we've evolved in our marriage too, and we've gotten to know what's working, what's not, what, where are the best places to put our money? Like he comes also with so much insight and perspective and he kind of slows me down a little bit, which is good because I continue to be really uh, just jumpy when it comes to making financial moves because I think I have, the, I think I know what I'm doing, right? Because I do this all the time, but it's nice to have somebody who's like, wait a minute, let's just like <laughs> think and slow down and research and do more research. And I really appreciate that. And it's, but it's, but it's like you said, it's, you have to be conscious. It's not something that, um, you know, you can just take for granted. You have to work at it and keep that communication open and stay curious. Asking your partner, what do you think? How would you do this? Have you, you know, heard about this sort of, you know, investment or, or what do you, you know, just keeping that question, those questions coming, going back and forth really, really important because one, obviously two minds together is better than one, but it shows respect too, I think, to your significant other that like, I really want your input and I appreciate your input. Mm -hmm. Simple things. Nicole, let's do some so many fill in the blanks really quick. Finish the sentence. If I won the lottery tomorrow, the first thing I would do is... Um, go on some amazing vacations with a lot of my friends and tithe 10% of it. Cause I recently started tithing 10%. Nice. All right. One thing I splurge on like a really indulgent splurge. You don't regret. You have to do it. Well, it's more a lot of shopping. A lot of the time <laughs> I online, <laughs> I online shop a lot for clothes. <laughs> Where do you like to shop? I love revolveclothing.com. That is my mm-hmm. jam. I'm obsessed with them. Free shipping both ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Free shipping, free returns. Uh, they were one of the first to do that and I think have established a very loyal following as a result. Yeah. Yeah. They're amazing. All right. One thing that I spend on that makes my life easier or better or both is? My amazing nanny. I could not run my business and do what I do without her. Likewise. When I donate, I like to give to blank because... Um, I give to the A Course in Miracles Foundation because I read A Course in Miracles almost every day and it's had such a big impact on my life spiritually. And so I like to give where I'm spiritually fed. It's called A Course of Miracles? A Course in Miracles. A Course in Miracles. Okay. I haven't heard of that. I'd like it to... changed my life. It's a book or is it a series? What is it? It is a book that was um, dictated to this woman and um, like she kind of channeled it, but it's um, it's basically about how to live in a love-based way, not a fear-based way. Hmm. And last but not least, I'm Nicole Moore. I'm so money because... Because I just trust money and I love money and I know that it's here to support us. And I feel like that at the end of the day is money is having a great relationship with money, no matter what is in your bank account. 
I love that. Coming from a relationship coach, we know it's got to be true. Thank you so much, Nicole, and best wishes to you and your beautiful family. Thank you. Thanks so much to Nicole Moore for stopping by. Her website is loveworksmethod.com and she is on Twitter at Nicole Moore Love. All this information is back at somoneypodcast.com. You can download the transcript, listen to the audio, and also leave me your big money question. What's on your money mind? Let me know. Click on Ask Farnoosh while you're on the website and either leave me a voicemail or type in your question. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. And I hope your day is filled with love and is so money. Money.